In this morning's epistle, we read one of the most intimate letters from Paul to the Galatians, which, in, which really illustrates Paul's deep love and trust in God, no matter their circumstances. I pray, he writes, from a prison cell as an old man, that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good it may do for Christ. But for many of us Episcopalians, sharing our faith is something that we typically don't do actively with one another, unless we're, unless we're sitting in church, maybe lying in a hospital bed, or often experiencing some trauma in our life that reminds us of our mortality. I think sharing our faith with strangers can be so unsettling and maybe even uncomfortable because it often reveals our own sense of vulnerability, exposes our fears, and maybe, maybe even we have to acknowledge our sense of personal brokenness, which we often keep deep within our own conscience. Often I find Paul's letter somewhat confusing and sometimes over, overly churchy. But this morning I'm really inspired by his challenge and really I think I'm ready to take a deep dive and, and share my faith with you despite my reluctance to talk about myself while standing in a pulpit. But I do so in the context of discipleship that we hear this morning in Luke. We live today in a time in which everybody seems to be yelling and shouting at each other because of something or someone they hate. Jesus' words to the crowd that he meets in the street who want to be his followers and his disciples I think can be especially troubling to our contemporary ears. He says, whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. And if you were listening to this and kind of said, did, did he just say that? Um, the 13 senses, 13 words sentence that he repeats after that clarifies in very clear terms what he means. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. The bar for obtaining discipleship described in this gospel feels almost unachievable. After 10 years of discernment for ordained ministry and three long years of seminary during our beautiful period of COVID, I've continued my own self-reflection on how best I can become a disciple of Christ. Standing before you as a priest, I will acknowledge that answering the question, boy, that's not easy. However, I think this parable, by listening to it, we really do gain some valuable insight in how we approach the question and how it impacts our faith as Christians and followers of Christ. When discussing discipleship, we often think about specific conduct or activities we can undertake in our lives, helping the poor, making 
financial contributions to our church, loving our neighbors, so on and so forth. And all these things are extremely important to being good Christians and active in living out the word of living out the word of Christ. But our gospel this morning reminds us of the importance of self-reflection on how we grow in our faith according, according to the teachings of Christ. Successfully conducting a, a war or building a, a, a building a, a building that's referenced in our gospel this morning really does require thoughtful consideration and a focus on a specific outcome. As somebody who, who was considered a ready, fire, aim person, this reflective self-contemplation that Jesus suggests has never been a really good strong point of mine. Sitting down and thinking about tomorrow is not easy when one is all fired up and ready to go. But we are told that being a disciple requires us to give up our, our possessions. And here again, I think for many readers at this gospel, when we hear giving up a, a, a possession, we equate this to giving away property, treasures, some material thing. As somebody who has moved 27 times since graduating high school, 27 times, I, I have a lot of experience giving away possessions, which is not pleasant all the time, but I've, I've done that. But today, I would like to suggest that the possessions that we keep locked in the safety of our own heart and our own mind, well, I think those are the more difficult things to, to give away and to walk away from. Since my ordination as a priest, the most challenging possession I've had to give up was my lifelong effort to successfully conceal a reading disability. From the first time I walked into, the, into a school, I was called one of the dumb kids because I struggled reading in class, particularly in front of other people. I remember being in first grade and probably 80% of the kids had blue books, and mine was yellow, and it was full of pictures in big print. And um, it's amazing how kids can really stratify with those types of things. But nevertheless, growing up, I learned how I learned. This iPad just went dark for a second. I learned how I learned to compensate for my disability. I did well in school. I've given thousands of speeches before large and small groups and succeeded in making sure that I never read in front of people during a 35-year career as a city manager all over the country. But, my friends, as, as you all know, and as God knows, and I now realize, a priest reads a lot in front of people, and there's no way around it. There's just no way around it. It's part of the, I guess it's part of the job description. You've all listened to me struggle to proclaim the gospel 
and witness maybe some of my unease, sometimes being a celebrant at the altar, reading the Eucharistic prayer. Reading out loud for me can be such a scary thing physically and mentally. No matter how many master's degrees I have been awarded, I always hear someone saying softly in my ear, boy, she's stupid. Some would rightly ask, did you not think about this disability before pursuing the priesthood? And I'm embarrassed to admit standing before you this morning, the thought never occurred to me. Never entered my mind until I walked into this building. So, it's, so I think it's fair to ask if this was a cruel and perverted joke from God. If I can't read the gospel or scripture out loud, why did God call me to the priesthood? And I think when I reflected on that question, and I realized I'm not the only person who has ever struggled to understand God's call. Moses asks a similar question when called by the Lord. And he says, but I'm not eloquent. I've got a slow speech and a, and a hard tongue. And God still says, well, that's okay. That's okay. So for me, discipleship has involved giving up a secret I have possessed since childhood and embracing my own fears and sense of inadequacy, especially standing in front of you in a pulpit, and my sense of vulnerability. I've had to accept that this disability is a part of who I am as a person and as a priest, and it's part of my ministry whether I like it or not. I believe my experience struggling to be a disciple of Christ, as best I can be, provides a witness to the disciple, provides a witness that discipleship is a process that has many beginnings and many endings. Each time I stand before you struggling to do as I do, to proclaim the teachings of Christ and share the sacraments, I am carrying my cross. This process of becoming a disciple and carrying a cross is different for each one of us. And I think by its very nature, it can be very challenging and frustrating. Later in Luke's gospel, we hear some of this frustration from Peter after listening to Jesus talking about how difficult it is to be a disciple and eventually get into uh, God's kingdom if you're rich. He uses that, that, that parable of the camel through the eye of the, the needle. And, and Peter, Peter says, but Lord, look, we've left our homes to follow you. Is that not enough? This process of becoming, for me, began long before I entered seminary, certainly did not stop after I was ordained. And I sense now begins a new chapter in my life as a priest, walking alongside of so many of you here at St. James. During the week, 
I had requested that we read Jeremiah as our first lesson this morning, which, which we did, because it has an analogy of God acting as a potter in, 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 in creating the metaphor of clay as our lives are being molded as, as Christians. And I, I, I really liked, liked the book of Jeremiah because I think it describes in very clear terms how God uses events in our lives and our experiences to really shape and reshape our faith to provide opportunities for change and rebirth and rebirth that is so critical to discipleship and to carrying our cross. The metaphor of God as a potter, as a potter makes us, remaking us and changing us in ways that we often don't seem to understand or have clear purpose, or like mine, feel cruel and challenging, I think are often opportunities to live, in, live into our faith and to experience really the true joy of carrying our cross. These opportunities are often disguised with the question, why would God do this to me? When I was a chaplain, people would often ask that question, dealing with some issue prior to, during, or after their, their stay in the hospital. My grandmother, my Jewish grandmother, her favorite proverb was, men make plans and God laughs which I never fully understood as a young person. But I, I know with my own life journey that, that God does mold us in ways that we are often unaware of, which typically do exceed our own vision and imagination. I'm reminded of this each time I come into this building. The colorful stoles, the capes, and our collared vestments that priests wear during worship, I think sometimes creates a sense of distance and detachments with people who are, who tend to sometimes put priests up on pedestals. But I think it's important that I acknowledge, as a new priest, I guess, that I know that our path to becoming a discipleship, a disciple of Christ, in the process of discipleship is no different from, from those who are not ordained, sitting in a pew or, or watching the service from, from the safety of their home. While reading out loud will never be something I do well, I hope that doing so, and occasionally omitting a word, a sentence, or just appearing extremely uncomfortable, shows my humanity as a priest. That's my ministry. Each time I read out loud during worship, I'm hoping that it might empower others to give away their possessions that prevent you from living fully in your faith and becoming a disciple of Christ. How God is shaping you to become a disciple or to carry a cross will be different for you than it's been for me. In this crazy pandemic and polarized world, living out our faith 
and giving away our many possessions that keep us comfortable and safe, well, it can be challenging and exhausting. But this morning, I think Jesus reminds us that a critical part of becoming his disciple really begins by sitting down and taking the time for deep self-reflection. So I ask you, where are you in your life of faith today? Has attending church on Sunday displaced the time that you set aside to really spend time with the scripture, what it's saying, what it says to you, what it means for your life? What possessions are you desperately clinging to that are, present, that are preventing you from being reshaped by the presence of God in your life? What does the cross, what is the cross, what, is that, what does that mean to you? And when was the last time you asked yourself that question? We, we talk about carrying your cross all the time, but what does that mean to you? I kind of talked a little bit about what it means to me. And when was the last time you shared your faith with another person as authentically as we heard in Paul's letter to Philemon this morning? I think these are really difficult questions to ponder, which might even produce some discomfort. In his prayer, trust the slow word of God, the slow work of God. Pierre Tilhart Shadon writes, only God can say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. 